Today's episode sponsored by Bob's Watches, the most trusted destination to buy or sell 100% authentic luxury pre-owned watches. And today I'm wearing a beautiful Omega Speedmaster with the racing dial. The alternating minute tracking on the dial is a racing style watch which gives the models their name. This style links back to the 1968 Speedmaster design which provided better readability for the wearer. All I know is... This watch is gorgeous, micro perforated strap with little orange inside, uh, uh, somewhat affordable, sub $10,000 watch, uh, even cheaper on Bob's uh, watches. You got to check it out. Um, if you don't not interested in that watch, shop any vintage contemporary pieces from Rolex, Tudor, Omega, Breitling, Cartier, Paddock, and more. Explore thousands of models available at bobswatches.com, overnight delivery, and free shipping included. All right, let's start the show. And now, Hangar 56 Media presents Spike's Car Radio, a downloadable cars and coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. Welcome to Spike's Car Radio. Uh, It's just me today with our old friend Jay Leno. Tonight is the premiere of Jay Leno's Garage, yet another season of the greatest car show on earth. And uh, I was planning to have Jay in the studio. We couldn't really get our schedules together, so I got him on the phone and thought I'd do a, a, a tight 10, tight 20. And what do you know? Jay and I just kept jibber-jabbering, and we got a whole show out of it. So it's just me and Jay Leno today, and how great is that? Um, I hope you enjoy uh, this time I spent with him as much as I enjoyed it. Um, And don't forget, tonight is the big premiere of Jay Leno's Garage, which I believe I'm in. I think I'm in it. I, I asked him, he and I, neither of us know whether I'm in the show this, this year, uh, this season, but uh, there's plenty of big stuff happening. Here's my interview with Jay Leno. Hello. Hey, Jay, Spike Furston. Hey, there we go. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> where am I catching up with you today? I'm at the garage. Uh-huh. Is that where you spend most of your time? Just doing oil changes. Takes 18 months to make the rounds, so. Well, congratulations on the new season of uh, Jay Leno's Garage. You're coming back tonight on CNBC. And uh, I hear you have a lot of big surprises this season. What can, what can you tell us about it? Well, we got uh, we got Brie Larson tonight with the new 240s. Well, it's not called the 240Z, but it's a new Z car, which really impressed me. You know, something I like. We all like the Paganis and the McLarens and the Ferraris, but how many people can actually afford to own one? Mm-hmm. You know, when you get a sort of egalitarian car like the Z, you know, 40,000 bucks, you get <clears throat> 400 horsepower, manual transmission, you know, anti-lock brakes, all this. Just a wonderful car to drive. I mean, it's it's very, very impressive. And I I give Nissan credit because how many how many two-seater cars can you sell, really? But the fact that they're committed to the sports car thing, they continue to make it. You know, I mean, uh, how many how many two seater Porsches can they sell? You know, Porsche realized that, and they had to start making the the big sedans and the electric cars and all the other stuff. So, I I applaud anybody that in this day and age makes a two seater sports car. I'm looking at her on your uh, website. She's got her arms crossed and she's looking at the engine. How interested in this car was Brie Larson? Why did you pick this her and this car? Well, she's the spokesman for Nissan. Oh, she is. Okay. Yeah, she is. And you know, the funny thing is, I gave her her first break. Really? I put her on the Tonight Show in a sketch called uh, oh, it was a Malibu Barbie roadkill oven, you know, where they <laughs> <laughs> where kids pick pick up dead animals and they take them to them to their little thing and they and they make and they make their own food, you know. And she was seven years old. <laughs> no it kidding. Her, it was her first acting job. She did such a good job. We used whenever we needed a kid. Oh, we'd call her, you know. Wow. And of course, then then she goes on to win the Academy Award, which is really funny. Which is exactly what show business is supposed to be. What everybody wishes it could be. And that was cool. It is very interesting to catch up with these brilliant actors early on because they're they're like you say they're there. They I, I had the same experience with 
uh, a young man who did a sketch in my show called Little Bill O'Reilly, who went on to be in Mad Men and do really well. Uh, uh, which character was he in Mad Men? He was the son of uh, John Hamm. John Hamm's oh, son. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he just, you could see his talent early on, you know, the, the talent is just there and they just move through their careers so effortlessly. Well, that's, yeah, that's, fun. that's cool. So, so you're on with Breed and Knight. You also had the, the president of the United States on again, a second time. Yeah, which was kind of fun. You know, he's the real car guy. His, his dad was a GM distributor. He had some dealerships. And his dad gave him a 67 Corvette as a wedding gift back mm-hmm. in 67. And he still has it and still drives it. He loves to drive. But, you know, as a president, you're not allowed to drive. You know, when you're president, you lose your <laughs> license for life. You can never drive again. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> that's that's absolutely true. You're never allowed behind the wheel of an automobile on a public road again. Really? But, well, yeah, why? When I go down to visit George Bush, you just drive around his ranch, which is thousands of acres. And he can drive on his own property. He's got a one of those King Ranch uh, Fords, a big, big F one fifty or or two fifty, yeah. And that's what he does. And we just drive around and talk. You know, it's funny. I don't, I don't it's understand. I mean, I understand when you're holding office, you, you, you they don't want you driving around. But why after? Did, did Biden? Well, well, I I think the threat of kidnapping, the threat of assassination. You but know. they're they're on bikes. They're jogging on the beach. They're on electric scooters. You yeah, but can't... they're surrounded by people. Well, I'll tell you something. As I'm, Biden and I were out in the woods. Yes. In Virginia. Okay. On the, on the Secret Service test facility, which is hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of acres. Okay, I'm talking, as I'm talking, I'm going, oh, this is great. It's two guys talking cars. And out of the corner of my eye, I see a guy pointing a rifle at me. And there's a sniper, <laughs> like, right over there. And then I look behind the president, and I see one on the roof. And I go, okay, this is what your life is. You know, I'm not making any sudden moves. I'm not doing any, you know. Uh, They're going to take you out on a mischift. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Why they would aim it at you, I, I don't. I don't even understand. What is the what does that well, mean? Secret Service test facility. What 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 are they testing out well, there? Well, it's, it's where the Secret Service trains. They have. I see. All all the presidential limos there. I got to see the Beast, which is a fascinating car. That's a presidential limo. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got bus tires on it. Enormous. <laughs> You you can you can sustain life in it for three days. It's got oxygen, food, water. <laughs> where is it? Where, hold on, but where are you going to the bathroom? Uh, there are facilities in, in it as well. In it, in the car. Yeah, in the yeah. car. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It's, it's, it's cool. probably the Matthew McConaughey trap door. It just opens. Yeah, and- <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, it. It, it was it was pretty neat. It was pretty neat. Wow! The uh, it sustains uh, life for three days. But what did they have? Foods in there? Did you did you say? Well, show me. I don't. Well, I mean, I can understand they, the water. Yeah, they don't. They don't. They show won't you. show they, you any of it. They, they, they just they, say that. I mean, you would not believe how thick the door is. Whatever you think the biggest freezer you've ever opened, <laughs> it's thicker than that. It looks to be. It looks to be at least. Six inches, seven inches. Wow! Uh, it can sustain constant fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, it's 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 you know, in case the president is pinned down or some crazy mm-hmm. thing like that. Mm-hmm. So it, it it it's pretty amazing. There's, they they don't give you horsepower figures or even or weight or weight or what the engine is or anything of that nature. But uh, you know, it, it's it's pretty cool. So it's they brought cool. you down to this secret facility. And then, yeah. and that's where he's allowed to drive because he doesn't have a driver's license anymore. <laughs> no. So what? So so he did he take you around the car? I mean, I, I of course want folks. Yeah, to we watch drove it. around in his. Well, you know, he's pushing the big electric thing. Right. So we drove an F one fifty, the electric, the lightning. Uh, we drove his Corvette. I brought a car down there called the Illuminator. It's a nineteen seventy eight Ford pickup truck. It's been converted to a Mach-E drivetrain, two engines front and back. It looks totally stock. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Ford is selling these crate electric motors 
for like $4,500, which seems pretty amazing to me. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you pay for a crate engine? A minimum twelve to 15000 mm-hmm. for an internal combustion engine. So, uh, so, of course, that's not including the battery pack. But, uh, yeah, so he drove that to get a feel for it and see what it was like. I mean, he likes to drive fast. Uh, he, he told me he once hit 160, but uh, yeah, so. <laughs> you don't believe him. <laughs> you think that's well, malarkey, Jay? <laughs> I think that's malarkey. <laughs> I think uh, I don't know if it was his Corvette or, or a new C8 on the facility, but I tell you that the, the last time we did this, uh, he did a burnout, and the car started to fishtail, and Secret Service just went crazy. Oh boy. You can't do that, Mr. President. Take it easy. Get a <laughs> All right, hold that thought. Time to do a quick ad for Raycon Wireless. Uh, as you know, lately I've been listening to a lot of eclectic styles of music. My my listening is all over the place. My songs, my favorite things that I'm listening to, I put at the top of the show. And... Uh, that's uh, that's the stuff that I'm listening to. It's all over the place. But what I use to listen to it is my Raycon wireless earbuds. Everybody in my house does, as a matter of fact. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever with optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit. These earbuds are so comfortable, and they will not budge. They won't budge, trust me. Raycon gives you eight hours of playtime, 32-hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio audio at half the price of premium audio brands. We all know who they're talking about. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. Go to buyraycon.com slash spike911. Go to buyraycon.com slash spike911 today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash spike911 to score 15% Percent off Raycon.com slash Spike 911. All right, let's get back to something I wanted to get your thoughts on. This electric vehicle ban in California. You know, suddenly we're uh, not able to buy gas-powered cars after the year 2035, I think it is. Well, you know, I'll believe one. You know, I wish they would handle it the way they handle smoking. Mm-hmm. Just make it socially unacceptable. I don't know anybody <laughs> that smokes now. You know what right. I mean? You just you just sort of make it like mm-hmm. it's not cool. Okay, if you really want to smoke, you, you can smoke. Fine. And they're not banning gas cars; just the sale of hybrids will still be available. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll still, you know, I I mean, I sort of get it. Uh, if you look at the Earth as a closed warehouse, if you light a candle in a warehouse, you're not going to raise the temperature much. But if you put six billion candles in the warehouse, you'll raise the temperature, <laughs> you know, and that's kind of what you have with the mm-hmm. internal combustion. engine. So, I mean, I see, I really think it's going to be the savior of the internal combustion engine How because so? I think, well, I think people will use for me, I have a Tesla when I have to run to the airport, when I have to go to downtown LA, when I got to go somewhere, I take the electric car, I sit in traffic, I plug sitting on, I've got a 66 Dodge Coronet Hemi sitting on the 405 getting eight, nine miles per gallon in traffic makes no sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just, you know, I, I drove a, uh, one of the new TRXs the other day. That's the big Hellcat truck. And the window sticker says 12 miles per gallon. Mm-hmm. That, that's the best you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And you go, well, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Especially on gases five, six, seven dollars a gallon like it is in California. So to me, I I, I really think your your Cobra, your MG, your Ferrari will be like a recreational vehicle. You take it out on weekends, you go up to the crest, you drive around. I think there'll be less pressure to impose new sanctions on gas cars if most people are electric anyway. So I, I think it can be okay. I think it'll be okay because uh I don't think they'll go after the older cars because there's not enough of them around to to make any significant difference. But for people who don't care about cars, they'll buy electric vehicles and they'll use them as they would use a washing machine or any other appliance. And those of us really, you know, look at the horse. I mean, there are more horses in America now than there have ever <laughs> No been more horse point. sales. We're banning yeah. horse sales after well, I mean, 1906. Well, 
I mean, that's almost what happened. I mean, <laughs> exactly. You know, New York used to have six, 60 tons of manure dumped on the streets every single day in 1900. And, you know, in the hot weather, like junk men or ice men with horses, their horses would drop dead on the street. They'd cut the reins, they'd leave the carcass in the road, and there'd be dysentery and flies and rats. And then all of a sudden the car comes along and blows a little puff of blue smoke in your face. Oh, that seems like a great deal compared to, <laughs> compared to horse manure, you know? Exactly. Exactly. But, so now you're at the point. So I, I, I don't think it's necessarily bad. You know, Mark Twain used to say, I like progress. It's change I don't like. And that's, and that's where people are with this. I don't, I, I don't really think it's a ban I think I think it'll still be I think it'll be pushed. You know, by 2035, Cadillac won't be making any gas cars and neither will a lot of other companies as well. So it might just be a, a moot point. You know, I think folks just want to know and be reassured. Uh, one, can I afford one of these electric cars? Most cars are just out of everyone's price range. And, right. and and by then, and maybe you know a little more about this than I do, battery technology that I can go and plug this thing in for 10 minutes and have a full charge. You know, are we well, going to... Well, that's the key. I mean, battery technology is... I mean, I have a 1909 Baker Electric. It goes 80 miles on a charge at 22 miles an hour. Uh, that's what it did when it was new. That's what it does now. And batteries from 1900 to really almost the middle of the 90s haven't changed much. I remember the first EV1. I had one for a while, the, the uh, GMC electric car that predated the Prius and all of them. It only went 60 to 80 miles on a chart, which in the real world was 45 to 50 miles. And it was like a nervous wreck just trying to get home every day. Now you're at the point where well, the new Mercedes, it was, what, 600 miles on a chart? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, so, you know, for new technology to succeed, it can't be, it can't be equal. It's got to be better. Yeah. And it's only now that battery technology, it, you now have the point where an electric car has the same rage, range on a tank of fuel, be it electricity or gas, as a gas car. Most cars go 250, 300 miles on a full tank. Well, now so does an electric car. Okay, so that's pretty good. And for those of us that don't take long, I usually fly to a gig if it's far away. I don't really drive to it. So to me, an electric car is great for running around town because every every morning when I wake up, I have a full tank again. I just plug it in. So mm-hmm. I, 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 there's no maintenance costs. There's no, you know, I had a big Jag, one of those big four-door Jag sedans with the supercharged V8. And even in the... I guess it was about 2008, 9, 10, 11. It was costing me over 100 bucks a week to run because around town it got like eight to nine miles per gallon. Switch your electric car and now make it about 10 bucks a week, 15 bucks a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, you said you made this conversion, and I get asked this question a lot about should I take my old 911 and, and make it electric? And I. Oh, I've never done it before, but I always caution folks that the first thing you're going to be greeted with is a very quiet ride and the squeaky, creaky <laughs> Porsche suspension and every little right. noise it makes. A- am I right in assuming that that's one of the bigger issues with these conversions, that when you extract drivetrain and engine noise and exhaust noise out, you're greeted with a hundred little creaks and noises that you didn't expect? Well, I think that's easy enough to to take care of um is it i mean know, i i mean i'm having trouble in my new gt3 touring like just the way rubber meets plastic and vibration and rear view mirror parts at certain rpms yeah 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 well harmonics are an interesting thing i mean what do you want you you, you can make it ride like a pillow if you want to be dead quiet it's just not going to handle as well you know right, you have right. those uh those um what do they call the bushings, you know, I, when you put them in race cars, they just, um, you know, they, they squeak because noise is not your main concern. But right. uh, the interesting thing about the 911 is you can switch them to electric without cutting or damaging the car at any point. You can put your gas motor on the shelf and run around electric. But the thing nobody really has taken into account is synthetic fuels. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, Lamborghini's working on their own synthetic fuel. So is Porsche. I don't know how you make synthetic fuels cheaper than gasoline, which just comes out of the ground. Mm-hmm. So you get the base stock, not for free, but almost considering the tens of millions of gallons of it there are. But, you know, the future is very hard to predict. You know, when I was a kid, uh, a guy from Bell Telephone came to our uh, fourth or fifth grade class and said, by the time we were grown-ups, no American would be less than a mile from any phone. No matter where you were in the country, <laughs> there would be a phone within one mile of you. And we thought, well, that's just crazy. <laughs> what if you're in the desert? There'd be a phone in the desert. What? Get out of here. You know, the idea of carrying a phone around nobody ever thought was you know it didn't even seem possible less than an inch is what he meant now they're right up to our faces yeah he was right exactly but i mean (laughs) you know everybody predicted flying cars and instead of a meal you just take a blue pill and you know all this kind of nonsense but none of that ever happened you know Mm -hmm. nobody ever predicted you would carry around uh, you remember the, what was the Woody Allen movie where he pulls Marshall McLuhan out of the line at the movie theater? You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Sleeper. And he says, somebody says something about Marshall McLuhan, who was a, a very popular figure back in the day. And he goes, well, let's ask him. And he pulls him out of line. He goes, how do you feel about this? And he gives it to me. And, he goes, and Woody Allen says, wouldn't it be great if you could just do that, have all the knowledge of the world at your fingertips? Well, now you do because you can Google anything anywhere and get the answer right away, which mm-hmm. nobody ever thought was possible. I remember Bill Gates went to Hewlett Packard with his idea, and the president of Hewlett Packard said, "Americans do not want do not want a computer in their home." Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I Univac was big, the first computer <laughs> occupied right. an entire gymnasium. Yes. Yeah. Did you ever see? Uh, Mannix, when you watch early Mannix, uh, <laughs> his boss has a room with a giant computer, which has about as much computer power right. as a cell phone. And there are giant reel-to-reels going and things whirring and lights flashing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I how like, much is a coke? I like the phrase, when you watch early Mannix. <laughs> right, early Mannix, correct. And that's, that's, what computers, that's what computers were. I remember Harry Reasoner, when he left 60 Minutes, said, I'm glad I'm leaving now. I don't want to live in a world where I have a computer in my house and I have to consult it every day for this, that, or that reason. Yes. And he had a whole thing about how awful that would be. Yeah. But how nobody is ever able to, to predict the future. But, you know, hydrogen is another great one. Hydrogen and electricity, it's sort of like beta and VHS 30, 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. Beta was actually a better quality than VHS. But you could manufacture VHS cheaper. So what manufacturers did, they just flooded the market with VHS and VHS tapes. And everybody bought those because it was cheaper. Although beta was the better and beta just disappeared. Uh, If hydrogen suddenly becomes a viable source, uh, this game could change. I mean, a few people have tried it. Toyota's got it now. Honda's got it now. I drove a GM car. Uh, for about six months, they let me have it, and I would fill up down on Lake Street here in Burbank. It took about a half hour to fill up with hydrogen. You bring a book, you know, when you go down there and you plug it in. And it got about 300-mile range, which was unbelievable back then when batteries were just going 125 miles or so. And that was seen as, oh, boy, this is going to be the future, you know. But people hear hydrogen and then they think it's going to blow up with a hydrogen bomb or whatever. So public uh, public uh, sort of nervousness concerning hydrogen is still with us today. But that's the hydrogen and synthetic fuels. Those could be game changers because the internal combustion engine, although not perfect, is pretty damn close. Mm-hmm. I mean, it takes a gallon of fuel and gets a tremendous amount of power out of it. You get horsepower, plus you get at least a 40-mile range in many cases for one gallon. I mean, gas is almost the perfect fuel. It doesn't freeze. It deteriorates fairly slowly. And the reason it really deteriorates at all is because we put a lot of ethanol and other crap in it. So, I mean, and it's got a lot of power. I mean, one gallon of gas 
equals got almost a room full of batteries in terms of explosive energy. So it, it's a tough fuel to beat, but if you can make it synthetic and make it out of something that's renewable and doesn't pollute, uh, you know, game, it might not be game over. Right. No, it could work. Um, hold that thought. Imagine having one extra day every week, more time to cook, healthy meals, work on that novel, fix one of your cars, Jay, just binge some good reality TV, like the new season of Jay Leno's Garage. Do you see how I work that in? Now it's all possible with Click Up, the productivity platform that'll save you one day a week on your work, guaranteed. ClickUp is the one tool to house all your tasks, projects, docs, goals, spreadsheets, and more. ClickUp is built for teams from one to 1,000. It's packed with features and customizable options that no other productivity tool has, so you can work the way you work best, whether you're in product manage, uh, project management, engineering, sales, marketing, or HR. ClickUp has easy-to-use solutions that create a more efficient work environment. Join the more than 800,000 highly productive teams using ClickUp today. Use the code SPIKE911 to get 15% off ClickUp's massive unlimited plan for a year, meaning you can start reclaiming your time for under $5 a month. Sign up today at ClickUp.com and use code SPIKE911. Hurry, this offer ends soon. All right, where were we? Synthetic fuels, though, do they do they not? Is that a zero emission idea when they talk about a synthetic fuel? Yeah, that, that's the idea behind synthetic fuels. They wow. want to make it a zero emission fuel where it burns. For example, you know, I have this Doble steam car. Okay. Now that was, it was, it was to this day, it's still the most perfected steam car. And it was built in 1925. And what it does is it uses, uses gasoline to heat the water to make the steam. But the difference between a steam engine and an internal combustion engine is the steam engine uses all the fuel. It burns all of it, and it burns at 3,000-degree fire, So, and it's a closed system. So a 1925 Doble steam car, I think, almost comes close to meeting current emission standards in terms of how – because it, it just incinerates. So, you know, when you start up your car – Start up your car and then go around back and look at the tailpipe. You see water coming out of the tailpipe. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, uh, sometimes you know, if you have an old car, it could be a huge puddle. You know, I got a 56 Cadillac with a brand new engine we just rebuilt, and it looks like, oh, my God, you know. Uh, I remember driving the uh, BMW had a liquid hydrogen car with a V12 engine back around 2000. And I demonstrated we for a bunch of media and stuff at Paramount. And I drove it out on stage and I let it run and I put a glass under the tailpipe and we talked about emissions and all this kind of stuff. And that's about eight or nine minutes. I noticed the glass was full and people were getting bored at this point. So I went over (laughs) and I took the glass and I drank the water and people went, it wasn't the it, it wasn't the best tasting water, but it didn't have any impurities. And wow. it was, they were like, whoa. And I go, this is your emissions on a hydrogen vehicle. Wow. It just puts water down on the road. Okay. <laughs> you can live with that. Okay. With and, a pipey and, taste. <laughs> yeah. And people, I mean, people really freaked out because it's like, oh, wow. Because there was a dramatic demonstration mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. of, you know, the trouble with, liquid hydrogen is here's here's how amazing it was the liquid hydrogen i think is 454 degrees below zero if you put uh liquid hydrogen in the gas tank of that bmw in february it'll still be frozen by uh thanksgiving that was how good that's how good the technology was to keep it cold yeah yeah the trouble with it was hydrogen does give off some gas, so they would tell you, <laughs> don't park it indoors, park it outdoors. Yeah. It, it might mean, explode. The problem well, is not, it might not, explode. Not, not, no? Not, no, not, it, it doesn't explode, <laughs> but it, it, might, it might not be, uh, you know, 
Anytime someone says that about a car, don't park it inside while charging. That always, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm done yeah. with it usually at that point. What did you right, drive? Right. Uh, let's talk about what you drove this season on the show. What were the standout uh, vehicles? You always drive amazing stuff in this series. Um, well, what- you know what's interesting? I drove, have you heard of the Zinger? No. I had a dog named Zinger, but that's about it. Okay. Zinger, uh, brilliant guy. It's a 3D printed automobile. And he makes his own engine. He makes everything. Uh, Zinger, C-Z-I-N-G-E-R. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I'm looking uh, at it right now. Okay. Wow. It, you, you sit behind the other. What, you sit behind the driver. It's a two-seater, uh, much like, you know, my rocket car, basically similar to that. Mm-hmm. That was pretty amazing how fast it was. I think it, it broke some record of lapping it uh, at, at um, Goodwood? Laguna Seca. Laguna, Laguna Seca. Seca. Uh, that was pretty interesting. Wow, um, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's, it's something. It's different. It's different. Um, we drove the new Hennessy with Post Malone. That oh, wow. Kind of That's an interesting yeah. marriage. The, the, new, interesting the, new, the new Hennessy what? Uh, Venom. The Venom. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And how did did he get behind the wheel of that car? Yeah, yeah, he gets behind the wheel. We took it out in the test track. Uh, (laughs) He's not a race car driver per se, but he likes cars. He likes to go fast. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was interesting. Um, We went to uh, SpaceX with Elon, and that was fascinating because I'm not sure if other people had the opportunity to do this yet, but. Just Elon and I walked around. He lives in a trailer on the premises, you know. A double, a single, a triple. Uh, a single, single. In a single, single. really? Oh, he's he's, he's yeah. got the single. Yeah, he's not that rich. Yeah, he's a double. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you're talking. He's talking about putting a thousand. Uh, he wants to build a thousand rockets to go to Mars. Mm-hmm. And it sounds almost like you know some bad fifty science fiction film. And then you go to the facility, and there are hundreds and hundreds of rocket engines lined up there. Yep. And you go, this is going to happen. I mean, he built this whole facility in two and a half years. Yeah. Where he is in Texas, there was nothing there. And, you know, as you're talking to Elon, physicists and other people come up and they go, Elon, um, the trajectory, could you check this? Oh, yeah. The, and, you know. And you go, oh, <laughs> you know, sometimes geniuses don't look like what they look like on TV. You know? Yeah, yeah. You go, oh, this is fascinating because, and it wasn't for our benefit. You know, it was fascinating talking to Elon. You know, like I asked him, I said, do you patent any of your stuff? He says, no, I don't believe in patents. I don't even patent anything for the, uh, for the Tesla. If people really? want to steal it, they want to use the technology, go ahead. Because, I mean, he really is concerned about the human race. I mean, mm-hmm. he really thinks mm-hmm. eventually the planet is going to be doomed and you've got to have other places to go. Right. I mean, as bizarre as that sounds. Mm-hmm. But he he actually believes that. You know, it's so funny because I remember talking to him a couple of years ago about, uh, well, the first time I met him, 2007, he came to the garage with the prototype for the Tesla Roadster. Oh, and they had a two-speed transmission, and I drove it and shifted it hard and broke the transmission. <laughs> he was like, oh. He goes, well, you know, we, I think we, the, he says there's not a transmission around that can take this kind of torque. We're probably going to go to one speed, okay. And then yeah, this was the only one there was. And then he says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to build charging stations all up and down the coast. So you could drive to San Francisco or Washington State or Canada, mm-hmm. and never, I'm thinking – yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's going to happen. You know, <laughs> because he hadn't even, he hadn't built any cars yet. Right. But he was already building the infrastructure, and to mm-hmm. me, that's the real genius. You know, you're talking to a guy who not only has the dream, but has the manufacturing prowess to make it happen. Like Elon was telling me, it costs a billion dollars to put one gallon of water on Mars. Uh, he wants to get that down to a hundred thousand dollars a gallon, which obviously is still a lot. Right. But but when you think of billions, you know, you're talking a giant lake. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, 
use them on it. And you go, and that's the way he thinks. When you see these rockets he's got, you know, it's interesting when he explains it in layman's terms. Like he said, what the U.S. space program do is, it, it, it's equivalent to, imagine if every time you took a trip, you got on a plane with a parachute, you flew over where you were going, you ejected out of the plane, landed on the ground, and then watched the plane crash five or six miles down the road. <laughs> right. he said, he said, he's, and he said, basically, that's what we do with the American space program. <laughs> Because we don't reuse the rocket. Right. He goes, why not just reuse the rocket? Mm-hmm. And and you go down there, and he's got three or four rockets lined up that have been on dozens of missions. And they look like Star Wars movies. The patina, they're filthy, they're dirty, mm-hmm. they're full of nicks and getting hit by tiny pieces of space debris and everything else. And they're all dented. But he still uses them over and over again. And it, it was really fascinating to tour this facility with him and, and see the passion he has for it. And then you're talking to guys, by guys I mean men and women, scientists who are, you know, in their 20s, mm-hmm. to me look like kids. Yep. And they, they've got this all figured out. You know, they're working in jeans. You know, I remember the old days, you know, my uncle worked for IBM and he got sent home one day to change his shirt because... He wore a white shirt with thin blue stripes on it. And at IBM, you wore a plain white shirt and a dark tie. Yes. But because his shirt had little thin blue lines on it, oh, he got sent home and had to change his shirt, you know. Yep. So then you go to, you go down there and you're talking to guys with obscenities written on their T-shirts and they're working on rockets, you know. Mm-hmm. They, they've made it a cool hang. They made NASA a cool hang. They have a nice cafeteria. They have incredible burgers. They had, uh, I like their little broadcast facility that they have at SpaceX where they can just put on the show to talk about the rocket going up whenever they want. Right. It's, right, uh, right. it, you know, I'm with you. That It's, it's a fascinating place. And, and then you have a bunch of employees who are, uh, couldn't be more excited to be working on this stuff, right? There was just right. an excitement there, you know, that this wasn't and just a job, that, that this was a mission, that this was something we are going to do. And it's also that thing that I like about America, which people seem to don't like, is the diversity of it, is Mm -hmm. the idea of you have kids from India, you have kids from Nigeria, you know, you're getting the best people around the world come to America because it offers the best opportunity. You know, I mean, Steve Jobs was Syrian. If our policy of shutting out immigrants had been around, the iPhone might have belonged to Russia or Iran or some some other place, you know. Uh, and that's what I like. I like the fact that you meet all these people, and they're the most patriotic people to be because someone has finally given them a chance to show what they can do, especially the women. You know, a lot of them come from countries where, you know, educating women is seen as somehow suspect, you know. Mm-hmm. And here they are working on rockets. And I mean, it's fat. It's, it's great. It's great. Are you are you now friendly with Elon? To like, do you socialize with him? With him? Do you do you call him at night? Well, I don't. <laughs> or is it always just when you're doing a show with him? Like, do you ever chat? Does he even socialize? Do you even socialize? You know something. I, <laughs> if you want me to help you, if you and I want to work on something together, I always say. Women have friends, men have allies. Right. You know, like if you said, Jay, will you help me with this? That would be great because now I have a person. I have a reason to do something. Yes. You know, I have a pool I haven't been in in 30 years because (laughs) even on a day like today, I walk out this thing and I go, I, I hear that Boston voicemail. What, is that what you do now when you're, you're a rich guy? You sit in the pool all day? Is that what you do? Huh? You got nothing better to do? You got nothing broken here? I go, no, I got broken stuff. Let me go fix the broken stuff. I, I can't bring myself to get in this pool. And, and and I've reached the point in my head that if I do go in the pool, that's it. You're the ultimate lazy guy. <laughs> you know, so I, I, I don't. Oh, that's hard. that's hardcore Massachusetts right there. I'm with you. It is. It is. You know, when you grow up with Silas Monner and, <laughs> and Ethan Frome and all these horrible, depressing New England, you know, yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
it, it, it's funny, you know. How dare it's you like, enjoy yourself, Michael? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah what do like, you, my mom said to me, I think I told you this. What, what are you, you California people washing your cars every week? Why do you got to wash your car? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, I, went, I was back home not that long ago and got the ultimate New England compliment. Mm-hmm. And this is a New England compliment. A guy comes up to me, he says, hey, uh, you know, my friend met you in California. He said, you're not an asshole. <laughs> I go, oh, well, well, thank you. He goes, and then he goes, no, no, I mean it, really. And I go, oh, well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. I shook his hand. You know. And it just made me laugh because that's New England compliment. That is the but, ultimate you know, compliment. When you say do you socialize, it's like, like when Seinfeld and I get together, it's usually we each walk away with something we can use. Mm-hmm. Jerry will have a premise. Maybe I'll come up with a punchline or maybe I'll think of something and the jury will go, how about this? Oh, that's good. Oh yeah. I like that. You know, I remember Seinfeld and I always used to say, what if we want, what if we went on vacation and we liked it? That would be awful. <laughs> <laughs> then we then we'd be screwed right you know well because what now, then but then when we have coffee you and i and jerry uh not too long ago we all had coffee right what, what was that no that was good that was good i like <laughs> it mean, was that's fun, fun right we were driving we drove cars and then we could discuss the cars and we had somebody yeah, to that, talk to about cars aha aha that's right but we were discussing it so there was a purpose to it yes Yes, there I you see, go. So we're, we're doing something. Right. But the idea of, like the, the Elon social, I have no idea because <laughs> when I talk to Elon, I always like to have a purpose. You know, have a purpose. Don't be hanging around, you know. <laughs> Make yourself useful. Yes. he He's the guy who wants five-minute meetings, and if you haven't said anything in five minutes, you should leave the meeting. Yeah, you don't want to mess with that guy in a social circle. Um, yeah, but you know, but it, but it's okay. But it keeps you on your toes. Yes, and, and I like it. I I enjoy working under pressure. I love when we did the Tonight Show. I wrote wrote jokes all day, and then it when we taped at four thirty. Pencils down. You got to go what you got. Yeah, we got to go right now. We got to go right now. You know, I loved it better than doing a show once a week because then I would be up all night agonizing about the show on Friday, right? On Tuesday. You know, when you do a show every day, it was like, okay, I got no choice. I'm, I'm, I painted myself into a corner. That's it. And go, boom. And yeah, I, I love that. I love that, that feeling. Yeah. Did you see NBC's thinking about dropping the 10 o'clock hour? That they may not. <laughs> That's <bro> hilarious. <laughs> Why is that hilarious? <laughs> That's hilarious to me. Uh, <laughs> Why? Well, I, I, it just, you know, the trouble with, commercial television is commercials like people say to me do you watch the other late night shows and i have to admit i i don't not because i don't like them it's because like like it after 11 o'clock after 11 30 at night you can add another like three minutes of commercials to a show so most of the late night shows take a commercial break at 12 and then come back at like 1209 and you go, that's like eight, nine minutes of nonstop commercial. You know, I'm so used to watching Netflix and streaming. They keep interrupting me every five or six minutes with another commercial. And plus, 30-second commercials are so well done now. They have so much packed in them. They seem like minute or two-minute commercials. And it seems interminable. You know, uh, the number of times I've switched to Colbert or Fallon, oh, it's a commercial. I switched back to something else. I come back. It's still on. It's commercial. still a commercial. I know. You know, and I go, Gee, how can you watch TV late at night like this? And it's the same commercial. I, I, look, I love Jake from State Farm. I don't want to see him anymore. <laughs> you do love him? I didn't know that. <laughs> well, I mean, he seems like a nice guy. <laughs> well, luckily for us, uh, we can watch Jay Leno's Garage, not just on CNBC. We can also see it on the Peacock Network, Peacock app, oh. right? There won't be any oh, commercials yeah. there. No, no, that, no, there are commercials on Pika. There just are. not as many. Not as many. Not. Um, and tonight, you know who I really liked? I had Titus Welliver. Boy, what a oh, great you guy had Titus. He's been on our podcast too. In Isn't fact, I, I in fact I think I hooked you up with him. Uh, Steve from your staff called me up. He's the right, best, right. right? He's uh, he he's are. Bosch he's on Amazon. Really good. And Jim Jeffries was great. 
Kelly Clarkson, Jamie Lee Curtis. You know, uh, have you ever had a Gabe on Fluffy? Uh, I've been trying for a while. He's a little tricky to get out of Long Beach where he lives. Um, oh, okay. I but, will. Uh, but I'd like know, to get him. I'd like to get him on. He's got a great collection I'm, I'm, of VWs, right? He does. He does. And really funny, very quick on his feet. Mm-hmm. I, I'll give him a call and tell him. To, oh, that's uh, very nice of you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I think that'd be fun. I think that'd be fun. Cool. I, think well, I did, did, did Pitbull, too. Pitbull was great. Well, uh, there was a name in there that really I wondered. J- Jamie Lee Curtis. What what is she ha- what is she doing? Oh, oh, well, yeah, we uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. We filmed with her about a month ago, and uh, she drove the new Cadillac Lyric. Oh, uh, that was in. Yeah, That's she's fun. a character. Um, she's a driver. He'll tell you she's a great driver. Didn't yeah. I shoot Stump a Car Nerd with you? Is that for this season? Oh, maybe it is. It's, I can't, you know, I can't. I, can't, remember yeah. I don't know if that's aired. I remember shooting a segment where we were, uh, you put me in three cars blindfolded and I had to guess and I got two. Well, I won't say. Yeah, I, I think, it. I think, I think, was, I think that was last season. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, I gotta, I, I gotta well, find that somewhere. <laughs> anyway. Uh, that's like, I was, oh, go ahead. I was just going to wrap it up. Thanks for coming back on the show. Um, well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. It's always fun talking cars and yeah. And, and check out the premiere tonight of Jay Leno's Garage uh, Wednesdays, CNBC, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so 7 p.m. Right, out right. here. Um, cool, man. We'll see you soon out in Malibu. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll have so. What do you call it? Social interaction. Social interactions. <laughs> What did you call it? I don't know. I think that's what it was. Social interactions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you, you get what I mean about the pool. You're, you're Absolutely. Uh, look, I'm staring at my pool right now. I'm not in it. I'm doing this. This is <laughs> this is way more fun. Well, you know what's funny? Till the day she died, my mother could never figure out if California was three hours ahead or three hours behind. So sometimes she'd call me at what she thought was 8 o'clock in the morning. It was 5 o'clock in the morning, you know? And she'd go... <laughs> Did I wake you? And I go, I go, no, no, I'm up. I'm up. I didn't want to tell my mother I wasn't up working. You know? yep. I didn't want to say, yeah, I, I didn't want to say I was sleeping. No, no I'm up. I'm up. I'm doing stuff. She exactly goes, oh, what time is right. it? It's five in the morning, man. Yeah. Yep. Hilarious. My mom Hilarious. is the same way. She's probably listening to this podcast. She's still working. I think she's 82. I don't even know how old she is, but she's, she still works. <laughs> Setting that good example for all of us to never That's take so vacations. You know, that reminds the funniest line ever. You know, James Gandolfini, mm-hmm. you know, you know, sadly we lost him there at eight fifty one, but one day uh I'm talking to him, he, he called me, he wanted advice about a car. So we're talking and I told him that he did the funniest line ever. It killed me. You remember the movie where Steve Carell played a magician? Mm-hmm. In Vegas, okay, it was kind of a dramedy comedy thing, you know. And and uh, Gandolfini played the the Vegas uh, nightclub owner, you know. Incredible Burt and, Wonderstone, right? That's right. And, and, and <laughs> Who could forget? Carell, yeah, Carell was hired to entertain at his kid's birthday party. Okay. And Carell says to him, "How old is your son?" And Gandolfini goes, "I don't know." <laughs> just the way he did it like like i don't know i don't know i can't I don't keep know. track He's a kid. I, I yeah know. i don't know and it just he just had that dismissive oh it killed me just killed me <laughs> i don't know i don't know just the way he threw it off i don't yep, know there it is i don't know how old i don't know how old my mom is I'm, i barely know yeah. how old i am at this point spike how old is your mom i don't know i don't, I, I don't know i don't know <laughs> What nationality are you? I don't know. Well, whatever. Some Irish something. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, All righty, my friend. I'll let you go. All right. Thanks, Jay. Thanks a lot. Yeah, that was perfect. Talk. That was really good. Good, good. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, see you soon. Well, there it is. My interview with the great Jay Leno. Uh, of course, big uh, fans of his. He's a big fan of the Spikes Car Radio podcast, its hosts, and its uh, listeners. He talks about the SCR Nation quite a bit. Um, 
And some good stuff from that interview. Uh, I learned I could never be president of the United States for many reasons, but but I'm not willing to give up my driver's license. That's just a step too far, even for the benefit of America and the world, even though I know I could really make it a better place. You know the first thing I would do, the first couple things. If you're driving slow in the left lane, penalty of death, death penalty right there. And that's just where I'm starting, folks. So don't elect me for president. Um, This episode was sponsored by our friends at CollectingCars.com. We love CollectingCars.com. They've got tons of great stuff for you. you got to check them out. Don't even listen to the ad. Just go to CollectingCars.com and look at look at the stuff that they have there. But in case you're still listening, listen to this. 78 Porsche 911 SC Carrera RS Evocation. Sometimes it feels like you can't open a car magazine, visit a website, or listen to an automotive podcast without hearing about classic air-cooled Porsche 911s. And this segment is no different. Look at this car. This car is gorgeous. Repainted and resprayed with black, accented with yellow stripes over an eye-catching black leatherette. Yellow plaid cloth interior. Ooh, yummy. If you're in the market for a classic air-cooled 911, which uh, has the looks of a Carrera RS, but that you can actually drive without worrying about every scratch and stone chip, take a look at this backdated 78 911SC. On collecting cars, they also have a 1991 Porsche 928 GT in a delicious color combination of white and burgundy interior. Ooh, look at that. Under the hood, 5-liter V8 producing 316 brake horsepower, which drives the rear wheels through a dogleg, 5-speed manual transmission and a ZF limited slip differential. The car has recently been serviced in the seller states. It is in good running order. Originally a U.S. market example, this 928 GT found its way from Pennsylvania to Illinois and was later exported to Dubai, where it's located now. Wow. So if you're a collector or enthusiast has a particular low-mileage Porsche 928 GT with a great spec, this is a great uh, who's after one. This is an excellent opportunity. Bidding ends on September 8th. Collectingcars.com. Whether you're buying, whether you're selling, check it out. You're going to love it. And that's our show. Next week, I will have uh, Mr. Zuckerman back. I will have myself back. I was uh, away for my birthday weekend in Newport, um, out out with the uh, Wave Runners, chasing uh, porpoises and all manner of creature. Uh, it was scorching hot like it was here in L.A. I was no happier. Um, but I did have a nice little break. And uh, I'll be back with the regular gang uh, next Wednesday, a week from today. So we will see you guys then. Thanks for listening to Spike's Car Radio, brought to you by Hangar 56. Listen to new episodes every Wednesday. And be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.